0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmied, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, we're just going to get right into it and talk about the Bruins season. And we're also going to talk about what changes are going to be made or possible changes are going to be made in the off season. Now, going back to the beginning of the year, I thought I thought and like most what most fans thought that this team was going to have some was going to have some problems. Well, there were problems early on. This team wasn't scoring. Or they weren't having any secondary scoring. And there was a big question mark on the goaltending of whether or not Tuca Rask was gonna return um, you know, by February or March or January, whenever whenever he was gonna return. So those were the big questions in the beginning of the season. Now there was also some big questions about, you know, the whole COVID thing. You know, will it would it still affect the team? and it did it affected all, at least a couple of games in the month of December which were postponed till later in the year which also meant cancellation of the of the Olymp- of NHL players in the Olympics but after that little covid break that the bruins bruins had they, to, they went on a they went on a pretty decent run from January all the way up through the through the end of the season I mean, nobody could predict what was going on. I mean, the Bruce Cassidy changing up the lines, you know, moving Jake DeBrusque to the top line, moving, you know, David Pasternak down to the second line with Eric Halla, and, you know, Taylor Hall. And, you know, the thing about DeBrusque is, you know, back around Thanksgiving, he asked for a trade, and the trade deadline should, came and went, and he was still here. As a matter of fact, they signed him to a new contract. You know, and by playing on the first line, he basically, you know, added to his trade value. So there's a lot of things we didn't see coming. I mean, we didn't see, you know, Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark being the being the goaltenders for the second half of the year. Everybody thought that Tuka Rask would come back. I mean, he came back, but he he was a there was a failed attempt at a comeback because of his hip. So, we're riding with the two young young goaltenders and I got to tell you, I kind of like this goaltending. I love this goaltending tandem right now. They're great. I mean, you know, the hug at the end of the, every win, yeah, that 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 adds a little bit of excitement at the end of the game. But I see I see a good future as far as the goaltending goes for this team. You know, granted, you know, things didn't really work out in the playoffs. I mean, let's just, I mean, I I thought for sure that the, I knew the Bruins weren't going to, it wasn't going to be easy for them. I knew it wasn't going to be easy for them. But I didn't see this going seven games. I thought maybe Carolina would win it in five. That's what I thought. Carolina in five and I was going to give one win to the Bruins at home. I didn't know that there was going to be back and, you know, that the home team would win each game. So, the Bruins should applaud themselves for taking this team, a team that basically outscored them in the in the regular season and took them to seven games. So, you can't look at this season as a bad season. You can't. You cannot look back and say, "Oh, well, they didn't make it to the next round." Sweeney and, you know, Neely and Cassidy, they should all go. They should all go because we didn't make it to the second round of the playoffs. And I got to tell you, you know, the second half of the season basically you know, they should be you can't just judge it on the on an early exit from the preseason. You got to look at it as a, as a whole. And basically this team was crappy in the beginning of the season. We all thought that this team was was going to make it to the playoffs. Or not make the playoffs, and then you know January rolls around and, and they turn everything around. I mean, they get secondary scoring from the from the second line because of a line change. You know, uh, Charlie Coyle goes back down to the third line. And then you got the third line playing great with Frederick and and Smith. You know, the goaltending is still a little bit still a little bit sketchy here because. Yeah, you have Charlie McAvoy back there, and now you have uh, Lynn Holm back there. But who else is there? There's nobody back there. So basically, you know, you got to looking forward. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that the Bruins actually go out and maybe make some trade, maybe make some trades for a defenseman or maybe make go out there and, you know, sign a defenseman. Okay, because they're not going to they they need they still need, you know, they have a top two defenseman. They have top two defensemen in Lindholm and um, McAvoy. But they still need, they still need some, you know, more, you know, another top four defenseman in the league. So that's what they got to go out and get. I don't know who you're going to give up. I mean, Riley's, Riley's a good bet to give up. You know, I would keep, I, Connor Clifton is another one. You know, would we, would the Bruins, you know, move Connor Clifton? but they still need to to shore up that defense if they want to be real contenders. Now, Matt Grizzlick, you know, he's he was actually I was I when I heard about this yesterday, he was actually playing with a dislocated shoulder throughout the playoffs. So, you really can't, you know, you can't really judge when a when a player, you know, a player's performance in the playoffs when they're playing injured. You just can't. So as far as the defense goes, I don't know what their plans are, but they need to they need to get another top four defenseman. I mean I would give up I would I would I give up Grizzlick would I give up a Carlo would I give up it's it's tough because there are some of those players that should should definitely stay here. I mean I would give up a Connor Clifton I would give up I mean Jacob Zaboro just signed a contract yesterday so he's in the mix too. He just signed a brand new contract, so he's in the mix. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason as far as the defensemen go. You know, are they going to move anybody? I mean Grizzlick, Carlo, any, nobody's untouchable back there. Nobody. I mean I'd like to see I'd like to see Derek Forbert go. I mean he had, he had a few good games. he's had a couple of bad games. and those bad games led to led to losses. Now, the other thing about this this whole offseason and, you know, everybody, as soon as the game ended on on Saturday night, everybody was saying, Patrice Bergeron, Patrice Bergeron, is he going to retire? He's going to retire. Is he going to resign? Is he going to go somewhere else? Well, he already said that in his exit interview yesterday, he said that he wasn't going to go, he would rather retire than or play for the Bruins then go to another team which which is really good. So the thing is we have you know let the guy let the guy relax, let the guy have a summer, have his summer, you know, or a couple of weeks. And then, you know, we'll see what happens. But give the guy some time to go spend time with his family and, you know, he shouldn't be he shouldn't have to rush into this. Now the other thing is, if let's just say he does retire, what happens with you know who? What becomes the first line? Who's going to be the number one? Who's going to center that? Who's going to center Brad Brad Marchand? You know what happens to Brad Marchand? You know, you know does he get stuck with John Beecher, who signed with the, the Boston, who signed an entry level contract with the Bruins yesterday? You know, is Beecher gonna be the guy up front? Is Jack Stanica gonna be gonna be his center? That those are big question marks. You know, and if Bergeron does sign, does he sign a, a, de- a um a deal where he's gonna play the same amount of years as Marchon? I believe Marchon has two or three years left on his contract. So if Bergeron resigns as he re- signed for the same amount of m- amount of years. This way, he and Marshawn could retire together. So that's that's another possibility out there. And then, of course, the other possibility is that you know we still don't know. You know, like I said, or like I said before, you know, you know Neely and Cassidy and the whole front office, you know. Are they? You know, there's, there's, there's no reason to get rid of that front office. But if you get rid of that front, if you go were to get rid of that front office just because of a front, you know, just because you got eliminated in the first round, you got to be really stupid. Because if you're gonna bring in, let's just say you bring in a brand new front office, coaching, everything, who knows what they're gonna do with this team moving forward? I mean, Pasternak could be traded. Um. Charlie McAvoy could be traded. Swayman could be traded. Fabian Lysel could be traded. So right now, if it were me, I would rather keep Sweeney and and Cassidy here for a little while longer. This way, we get some of these young kids, um, like a Swayman and a and a Zaboral and you know McAvoy, and you know Lysel, and even John Beecher. You know, this way you're not, you know, they're not going to... I don't think that those guys would trade the, those core, core young players right now. Where if you bring in a fresh off the, fresh into the organization general manager, he would probably do make moves like that. He would probably make moves just like that. I mean, you know, Beecher... I mean Beecher signed a three-year entry level contract you know just yesterday and you know they've been high on this kid for a long time. you know he was um he was the 30th overall pick in the in the 2019 draft and you know they they they've when they even when they drafted him, they said that Beecher is going to be basically or could be the replacement for Patrice Bergeron for when he retires. So maybe 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 Beecher is steps in at center next season to take Bergeron's place if he doesn't come here. But we don't know we don't know anything yet. I mean we gotta give it I mean the the thing is the guys had their exit exit interviews yesterday. So you know, wait a couple of weeks You know, and then we'll start getting more answers. I know guys are starting to sign. I know Zaboral signed. I know Beecher signed. But, you know, we can't just jump to conclusions that Patrice Bergeron is going to retire. He's he's probably, I don't know what's on his mind right now. But my guess is he signs a contract the same length as Marshawn, who has two or three years left on his deal. And the question is, who becomes the captain if Patrice does retire? That's another thing. And my 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 thing you know, a lot of people would probably say, give it to give it to Marshawn. He's been here longer. Well, putting the C I mean, I'd like to see him wear the C, but I think he's he's better off wearing the A. And get you give the C to Charlie McAvoy. Now there's one player that's going to continue playing on, even though his his season is over. Uh, Jeremy Swayman is joining the uh, U.S. team at the 22 World Championships. So he's on his way back. He's on his way over to um, to Europe. And, you know, I'm glad that he's going to be getting more and more playing time uh, moving forward for the rest of the season. Because usually a lot of players will be like, you know what, I'm done playing. But I think that I think it's like I think Swayman made a good good choice of going to the uh, World Championships to play and to better his game. So that's 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 a good move on his part. Um, as f- you know, as far as the goaltending goes, I mean, I was happy to see uh, Jeremy Swayman get some get at least get get the rest of the series get games in playoff games in for the rest of the series. I'm not knocking Omar on, on how he played those first two games, but I have a feeling that next season, Jeremy Swayman will be your number one guy. And even him going to, to the world championships is proving that he wants to be the number one guy. He wants to be, you know, he wants to be that number one guy. And you know what? I, I want him to be the number 1 guy. I want him to be the number 1 goaltender. I'm not happy you might as well give him the, give him the number 1 number 1 starting spot next season. And that's it. You know, give him the number 1 starting spot. Have Olmark be number 2. You need to sure up that defense. You know, figure figure things out. You know, do you, who do you move? You're going to have to move some guys around. And who do you move? And then as far as the forwards go, you really do. You really can't, can't make anything, any type of moves yet or figure anything out until we figure out what's going on with Patrice Bergeron. And then, then you're going to probably, you know, and still on the table is still Jake DeBrusque. What's gonna happen to him? Is he gonna be is he gonna be traded this offseason? You know, what's what's his deal? You know, and I know Anton Blee, you know, he's been sitting he was he's basically, you know, in yesterday in his exit interview, he wasn't happy. He wasn't happy playing on the ninth floor. So maybe he's gone. Not that it really mattered, but you know, he's gone. So there's gonna be there's gonna be a few I see a few changes going on, but a lot a lot of those changes have to deal with the defense. You know, you already have top two defensemen, and you know with Lindholm and McAvoy. You know, I would keep I would keep Brandon Carlo. Maybe Grizzlick would be you know one of your bottom two. But you have to figure out who who else you got to bring in there, and. You know, I'm not going to bring up the free the list of free agents right now, but still, you have to go out and try and get somebody. And there's nobody down in Providence right now. There's quite a few defensive prospects in college right now. So, and I don't think that they're that they're going that they're leaving college anytime soon. Maybe in the, within the next two or three years. You know, and uh, well, and he also he, you also have to think about Fabian Lysel. You know, what's his status going to be next season? Is he going to be a Boston Bruin? Is he going to be playing in Providence next year, or is he going to be playing for the Vancouver Vancouver Giants in juniors? And he had a he had a spectacular season this year. He had a great playoff run with the Vancouver Giants too. So I don't know where he'll, will he, where he fits in, you know, does he fit in, in Providence? I mean, I would like to see a line next year, you know, Providence have him play in Providence and have him play with, with John Beecher and see what the, what the two of them can get some type of chemistry down there. You know, have them play, you know, play a full season together in Providence and then the following season, bring them up, you know, have them, you know, have them be the, be aligned because you can, because you can actually have a line of John Beecher on one side uh, in the middle and then, and then have, um, on one, on, on one wing. And I don't know who would be on the other wing because, Fabian Lysell is listed as a right winger. So you'd probably put him, I mean, you could probably put him, you know, those two guys together with a Brad Marchand, which would look pretty good. But it's a wait and see. Like, because like I said, we still don't know what's going on with Patrice Bergeron. So once we know what goes on with, once we know what's going to go on with Patrice Bergeron, we kind of know what's, what the team's going to look like next season. Other than the defense. We know that the second line is going to stay intact. You know, give or take a couple of games where Pasternak will, will probably be moved up to the number one line, uh, right wing. But I think the second and third lines are basically all set for next season. So the big question mark is, you know, the defense for next year, you know, get, going out there and getting a better, you know, filling some hole, not filling some holes, but... You know, getting another another quality top four defenseman, and figuring out you know what the what happens if Bergeron retires. Do you go out and try and sign another center? Because we know that David Krejci's not coming back. He's not. You know those because even even if he decided to come back, he would still have to clear waivers. And I see another team would pick up his rights, so there you go. But I wasn't too disappointed about this season. This season went went as I expected. You know, they started off having a slow start, and then once they found, you know, once the line changes and stuff like that happened, you know, everything started going going the Bruins' way. They were they were contending for the top one of the one of the top two spots in the in the division. I mean, they, they came close to winning the, you know, finishing in those top two spots. You know, they didn't have to settle. They wouldn't have had to settle for a wild card. And maybe if they didn't have to play a wild card game, maybe they would have had a chance against, you know, Toronto or Tampa Bay and not meet a hot team like Carolina. Now, speaking of the other two playoff games. I mean, it's not like, you know, the Bruins season is done. I'm basically done with with the rest of the playoffs until the Stanley Stanley Cup finals. I'll watch the Stanley Cup finals, you know, the next two rounds. I'm not even not even interested in since since the Bruins aren't even in it. But I'm going to go out and on a prediction here. I'm going to say that it's going to be as far as the Eastern Conference, I'm not talking about the Western Conference. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, as far as the Carolina Ranger series goes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Carolina in five. I'm gonna give the Rangers a home win at MSG, and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna say maybe I'm gonna say Florida Panthers in six over Tampa, and then so your conference finals are gonna be the two top teams in the in the conference. Florida and Carolina, which two teams that really surprised me this year, both of those two teams are usually towards the bottom of the, towards the bottom of the, um, towards the bottom of the standings. So I got to go with, that one's a tough one, but I think the series goes, I think a Florida Carolina series goes seven. And I'm going to have to say Florida takes it. Florida goes to the Stanley Cup finals. And what's funny is that these two teams that don't draw anything, the two teams that don't draw, you know, very well during the regular season, they've basically been able to pack their buildings and their buildings have been loud. Their buildings have been loud. This playoffs. I mean, Carolina, Carolina, Carolina usually plays in front of, you know, maybe like is plays in front of a half empty arena. So does, so does Florida. And all of a sudden you turn on the TV for the playoffs and these buildings are packed. I mean, granted that there there are some fans they make their way to, for, for the visiting team. But still, at least they're, they packed them in. Now, the thing is, you know, if one of these two teams wins the Stanley Cup playoffs, I would expect season tickets to go through the roof. But then again you know we're talking two non-traditional hockey markets here and it wouldn't surprise i mean it wouldn't surprise me to be, see the see empty buildings again after the after next season or not completely empty like half empty buildings for florida and carolina but this is what the two team these two teams need you know you have two great teams. I mean, one of the teams was the bet was you know one of the second best, second and third best teams in the league, and yet they couldn't they couldn't really draw. I mean, and now they're 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 playing in Carolina. Carolina's. I can see why the Bruins lost all those games in Carolina. That those people that that those. People from Carolina were pumped. Now, I don't agree on what Carolina is doing right now for the for the next round. Basically, they're saying Ranger fans can't show up for the games, so it's going to be interesting to see how many empty seats. You know, they're they're sort of blocking seats only seats only for fans of in the Carolinas and Virginia can only buy tickets. So it's going to be interesting to see for Game One to see how many empty seats there are. But that was a loud building and I could see why the Bruins got eliminated in 7 games and why they lost all those games in Carolina because that crowd was loud and exciting. Maybe if the Bruins had home ice, it would be a different story. If the Bruins finished, you know, you know, had had home ice advantage, you know, maybe the Bruins would have won it in 7 games. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting you know two rounds you the, the next two rounds are gonna be interesting, but you know like I said I'm not really interested in the next two rounds I'd rather see who makes it to the finals and I'll watch the Stanley Cup Finals, and that's about it. Now finally the um, as far as the entry draft goes, um, everybody knows how much I hate the lottery system. I don't like the lot. I hate the lottery system. You know, if a fin- team decides to tank at the end of the year to get the first-round pick, let them do that. You know, it's only fair. Because if you're the worst team in the league, you should get the number one pick. No no doubt about it. And, Car- and I believe Montreal did finish with the worst record in the league. I think. I'm not sure. I wasn't quite sure on, on who finished with the worst record. Was it? I don't really remember if they did or not. Cause I think they finished the last in points, so that would that would basically be um then they then they then they were right. So but Carol, um Montreal gets the number one pick in the in the um in the draft. So Maybe it's maybe this is a good thing for them so they can rebuild around, you know, around those pl- around that player, whoever they pick. Now, we we all know that the 22 um, NHL entry draft. I forgot it's I f- believe it's right. Um, Shane Wright or something. I don't know. I just sort of lost track here. Um, So. We'll just have to wait and see. But right now, yeah, right. Yes, yeah, uh, let's see what's the kid's name. Shane Wright. I was right. Yeah, so he's going to be the number number one. It looks like he's going to be the number one overall pick, and he's going to go to Montreal. So, the New Jersey Devils have the number two pick, and Arizona has the number three pick. So, that's basically that's basically it for you know for the draft because he's he's basically this draft isn't that deep to begin with um and as far as the league goes i believe i'm going to take a look here cuz i think it was montreal montreal did finish dead last in the in the division or in the in the whole entire league so they they got the first round pick which is what they should have should have gotten in the first place there i said it but it should have always. It should always be that number. You know the number. The worst team in the league should get the number one pick, followed by the twenty, the thirty first team. You know gets the second pick. The thirtieth team gets the third pick, and so on and so forth. None of this lottery crap. But it did. It they did lock luck out because you know Montreal stayed where they were supposed to. The only two the only team that really moved around were New Jersey and Arizona you know where Arizona finished you know second to last and now they pick up the third pick and New Jersey jumps down into the gets the second pick overall so that's the way the draft goes but I'm not a big fan of of the draft lottery you know even like even like two years ago you know even like Two years ago, when they did the whole draft lottery thing for um, during COVID, and the Rangers got the first pick, it should have been it. it let me put it to you: Lafreniere should be playing for the Detroit Red Wings and not the New York Rangers. I I literally do not. I don't like that. I mean, even 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 if the Bruins finished with the worst record in the league, you know they would have been picking fifth. they could have picked fifth overall, which is kind of stupid. You know, you finish with the worst record in the league, you deserve to get the get the number 1 pick. I don't care what the circumstances are. They should have just stuck with whoever had the worst record in the league. But but they don't do that under Gary Bettman's under Gary Bettman's uh watch. Then again, Arizona still has a hockey team. How does that still happen? And yet you know, Quebec doesn't have a team, and they have a brand new building. So, I don't know. I really don't know that that whole situation. But it's going to be a wait and see with that. That's going to be an interesting one in in Arizona to see if you know what happens as far as their new arena goes. Because right now they're going to be playing on a college campus in an eight thousand five to eight thousand seat arena and it's going to be weird to see you know what happens in that situation. I mean, there's still a good chance that they don't get this new building. Uh I believe in in um Tempe or wherever they're going. So <laughs> Uh if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes, on please rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Are you interested in advertising on this show? Please contact Believe at Believe.com. And have a great week. And go Bruins.